You're listening to the Better With Books podcast, a weekly podcast for entrepreneurs looking to bridge the gap between reading for business and reading for fun. I'm your host, Kate Hollis, conversion copywriter and part-time librarian, ready to guide you toward finding meaningful, actionable insights into yourself, your clients, and your business through works of fiction and creative nonfiction. Join me each week to discuss a new title from genres ranging from fantasy to romance and everything in between. Unconventional? Definitely. But that's where the good stuff is. Think of this as your own personal on-demand book club, one where reading the book is 100% optional and all are welcome. Come for the book recommendations and stay for the inspiration because I think you'll find that your business and your life will be better with books. Hello, thanks for joining me for episode 15 of Better With Books. This episode is brought to you by Kate Hollis Copywriting and Sales Strategy, which is where I spend most of my time when I am not working on this podcast or hanging out with my kiddo. To learn more about my copywriting services, my quiz funnels, strategy sessions, you can check out my website, which is katehollis.co linked in the show notes. So as usual, we're going to be talking about a work of fiction in this episode, but we're viewing it through the lens of an entrepreneur. So we're going to read it and in the back of our mind, think about questions like, what can I learn from these characters? The things that they do, the decisions that they make. You know, is there something about the way the story itself is structured? that maybe I can find some inspiration from. You know, how does the author talk about certain topics, um, especially sensitive ones? Like these are the kinds of things that are running in the back of my mind as I'm reading books of all kinds. You know, unlike a traditional business book, you know, the ones about marketing, sales, or strategy, you know, novels aren't going to come right out and tell you, what you're gonna learn or take away from them. You know, what you glean from a non-business book is an experience that is entirely your own and probably is gonna be totally different from someone else who read the same book. Or, you know, honestly, even yourself, if you read that same book at a different point in your life or even on just a different day, And that's exactly why I love using novels as inspiration for my business, because whatever is front of mind for me when I'm reading any kind of book is what I tend to notice when I'm reading. And one thing that I'm noticing a lot these days in my own business, in my clients' businesses, and just in talking with friends and colleagues is that it feels harder than usual to close a sale. And, you know, that could be for any number of reasons, but people just seem more hesitant to buy lately. And so that's what I want to talk about in this episode. You know, what to do when you are this close to a sale, but the client is wavering. And the book that we're drawing inspiration from is a fantasy slash romance novel called A Touch of Darkness by Scarlett St. Clair. This book is the first in a series 
called the Hades and Persephone saga. And I fully intend to read the whole series because I absolutely inhaled this book. I listened to it um, as an audiobook, actually, and the narrator was like really, really good. So if you are an audiobook person, I highly recommend checking out the book in that format. So the book is set in modern day, but the world is not like the one that we know because in the book, humans coexist on earth with the gods. So Aphrodite, Apollo, Dionysus, they all live among mortals and they're pretty much celebrities. So even though everyone lives together in harmony, there's some definite tension and competition between the gods. I mean, after all, like they are living amongst their followers and humans aren't shy about having favorites. And, you know, gods live in the public eye. They compete for followers. So when Demeter, who's the goddess of harvest, has a child, she decides to keep it private and to keep her daughter away from the community of gods and goddesses. And so Persephone, her daughter, who is the goddess of spring, she grows up in isolation, just her and her mother. And while Persephone is a goddess by birth, and she has the physical characteristics of a goddess, like glowing skin and antlers, <laughs> she, she doesn't have magical powers. So she doesn't totally mind being removed from the world of gods because, you know, the fact that she doesn't have magic leads her to feel sort of deficient in, in some way. So as the goddess of spring, she's supposed to be able to grow things. Uh, but not only is she unable to do that, every plant she touches dies. <laughs> so she decides instead that she wants to live as a mortal. You know, she doesn't want to continue to live off in her own little bubble with her mother. She wants her own life. She wants a career. She wants her own place to live. She wants friends, community. And so when she's 18, she convinces her mother to let her go to college to study journalism. And Demeter agrees to let her go if she promises not to go anywhere near the gods. So for most of her college years, Persephone manages to meet her mother's wishes. And that's partly out of fear because her mother is like super intense and like she has these minions that she hires to keep an eye on her daughter. So it would be very difficult for Persephone to go against her wishes, even if she wanted to. So things are going according to plan until one day Persephone's best friend somehow gets them on the list for this exclusive nightclub called Nevermore, which is owned by Hades, the god of the dead. So Persephone is like, uh-uh. <laughs> is, you know, dealing with her mother's wrath is not going to be worth it. And so she tries to get out of it, but eventually she agrees because, you know, she's told that 
oh, like the gods never actually go to the clubs or restaurants that they own. So you're not going to run into any, any gods. Um, Persephone's status as a goddess is something that she hides from everyone she knows because she wants to live as a mortal. She wants to be treated the same. Um, so she has, even though she herself doesn't have magic, she borrows her mother's magic so that she can disguise her goddess features. Because, you know, obviously if she's running around with sparkling skin and antlers, you know, that's going to get some attention. Um, and she's worried that if she goes into this club where she knows that there's a likelihood that gods and goddesses could be there, that they would have the ability to detect that she has magic on her. So, you know, they're at the club, Persephone is super nervous and she's invited to go upstairs to a private area of the club, which is more of like a quiet lounge area. And she takes the opportunity because, you know, she is able to kind of get away from the crowds. And so while she's in this lounge, she meets this mysterious and devastatingly tall, dark, and handsome man. And they have a conversation and she asks him to teach her how to play poker. And after playing a few hands where they kind of have this rule where, you know, the person who loses has to answer a question from the other person. So they go back and forth a few times and eventually he reveals that he is Hades. So Persephone just like panics. She runs away only to notice the next morning that she has this small black mark on the inside of her wrist that she just can't get off. And Hades has like left this mark on her somehow and she wants to know like what it means and like she wants it gone. So the next day she storms back to the club and reveals herself as a goddess and demands that he remove the mark. But he won't do it because it's the mark of someone who has made a deal with him. And that's kind of his thing. Like he makes deals with mortals to do something in exchange for something else. So, you know, he basically tricked her into making a deal. She didn't realize that that's what she was doing when she asked him to teach her to play cards. But she's now in his debt and has to, you know, give something in return of his choosing. And so what he says is that for her to be released from their deal, she needs to bring life to the underworld. And that if she doesn't do it in six months, then her soul will belong to him for all eternity. So remember that Persephone can't make anything grow. So he knows that she is Demeter's daughter, that she is the goddess of spring, but he doesn't know that she doesn't have powers. And so she sets herself on the task of like getting her magic to emerge. She's given full access to the underworld and she sees a lot of Hades in the process. And Hades, by the way, does not have a good reputation amongst gods and amongst mortals. Like he said to make like impossible deals with humans 
so that you know he can steal their souls because there's no way that they can meet the terms of his bargains and overall the underworld is just widely thought to be this like dreadful horrific place but persephone comes to find that the underworld is actually pretty nice it's beautiful and the souls who live there are happy and that anyone there who is being tortured has very good reason for it. And so, you know, as she's spending more time in the underworld and with Hades, she realizes that he's much more compassionate than many people know. Like sometimes he just helps people for the sake of helping them without requiring that they enter into a deal with him. And when he does offer a deal, the deals that he offers are always related to what he sees as the person's vice. He has this ability to like see within someone's soul and recognize, you know, things that control their lives. So, you know, he might enter into a deal with somebody and challenge somebody to never drink again when he knows that they have a tendency to drink too much. But in setting the terms, his intentions are actually pretty noble. Like he wants to help that person have reason to not drink anymore. So, you know, you can tell from the moment that Hades and Persephone meet that they are just meant to be together. It is, it's just magnetic. But there's a lot of push and pull. You know, it's like on one one minute she's like, oh, he's such a good person. Oh, wait, he's using me. And like on and on and on. And Persephone is actively looking for reasons not to like Hades. So while their connection is a very passionate and actually very lustful one, this book had way more spicy scenes than I expected, by the way. So heads up there. Um, they're also just a really good match. Like Haiti brings out sides of Persephone that she didn't know were there. And strengths and talents and abilities that she hadn't been able to access before. And, you know, but the the back and forth of like the will they, won't they, is like more than half the book. But at the same time, you still know they're going to end up together. There's this almost inevitability to it. Like they each offer something that the other needs. And as the reader, you're like, come on, like, can't you see this? Um, it reminded me a little bit of like Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice too. And, you know, this is where I started to draw some connections with my business. Now I'll say this, like comparing a business relationship to a romantic one obviously is not apples to apples. But, you know, when you think about the broader definition of a relationship, it's about two people like being connected and receiving some kind of mutual benefit from it. And in the client like business owner relationship, there is often some degree of like push and pull. Like, will they or won't they make the purchase and commit to working with me? So as the business owner, you know, with our own areas of expertise, like we can tell when we meet a potential client 
who we know would benefit from working with us. And sometimes you just know that you could do a really great job for someone, but they just keep wavering. And, you know, in this book, A Touch of Darkness, like the reader can tell that Hades actually has a good heart, that he doesn't hold Persephone back. He sees all that she's capable of and works hard to create an environment where she can be her true full self and thrive. But Persephone is just stuck in this, you know, classic literary trope of not being willing to take the leap. So this got me thinking. If Persephone represented the client who can't commit to working with you, and Hades is the business owner, like what can we learn from how their relationship plays out in this book? And the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the one big thing that is working against Hades, and that is public perception of him. You know, he, and he likes being mysterious. Um, he doesn't allow himself to be photographed. He doesn't do media interviews. He doesn't respond when people make statements about him that are false. He just hides. And if you were to ask him, you know, I think he would say like that he knows who he is. He stands behind his work, his purpose, and he doesn't need approval from anyone. But kind of that's the trap where when you don't volunteer anything about yourself in any kind of public forum, you run a greater risk of people misunderstanding what you do or just overall not feeling like there's enough information for them to safely approach you or commit to working with you. Like even if they meet you once in person or they have a consult call that goes really well, you know, before they commit to actually working with you, like signing on the dotted line, clicking the buy button, you know, they're going to continue to check you out like your website, your social media, they're going to Google you. And if there's any kind of inconsistency or confusion between their experience of you and the version of you that they see online, then that person is out. Like trust is just gone. And so, you know, Hades didn't see the value in curating his image and allowing himself to be visible in places where it would have benefited him. And, you know, what ultimately wins Persephone over is that Hades has a good heart and he takes care of people just because it's the right thing to do and not because he wants or needs credit for it. And, you know, it's the same with Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet in Pride and Prejudice too. You know, you have the cool, indifferent person who shows integrity and kindness. And, you know, what that might look like as a business owner is allowing yourself to, to strategically share some of your personal values, you know, even some insight into your personal life. Because a glimpse at the human behind the business goes a long way in inspiring 
loyalty and trust. Because, you know, that person isn't hiring your service or buying your product. You know, they're buying you. They're choosing you over many other people who are doing the exact same thing. And, you know, the last thing that Hades didn't get quite right was a little bit of like overconfidence or swagger. Like, yeah, you know, you'll be back kind of vibe. And, you know, I'll admit that I would, I mean, honestly, I would never say I have swagger. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I have to be careful not to fall into a confidence trap. And it's because like, I know I'm really good at what I do. So if I have a consult call and someone says that, you know, they have call set up with a few other copywriters, you know, if I feel like our connection was really good and their brand is one that I know I could do some amazing work for, I say, oh, like, absolutely. You know, I'm here whenever you're ready. Like, I know I could do a really amazing job for you. And then I take a step back and I'm terrible at follow-up <laughs> because, you know, I'm the kind of buyer that when I find my person, I lock it down. If the answer, you know, when I meet with somebody and I want to work with them, if the answer is yes, but not right now, like I'll tell that person, I do want to work with you at some point, but for, you know, da, da, da reason, like this just isn't the right time. And I've also done a lot of work to be able to say no in the moment too, like thanks, but no thanks. And to be comfortable sharing the reason why. And, you know, rather than deferring and saying like, oh, like I'll circle back and then break the news via email. You know, I just, to me, it just feels better energetically to just let it go as soon as I know. But I need to remind myself that not everybody makes purchases in the same way that I do. Like some people do genuinely need time to think. And I really have to actively remind myself that. So, you know, my inclination to be like, you know, if they're really interested, they'll be in touch isn't really that productive, if I'm honest with myself, because then I seem uninterested, which isn't true. You know, I think there's something to be said about giving people breathing room to think and to decide, because, you know, we all know how, like, ick, multiple follow-ups can feel. But I think the pendulum can swing too far in the opposite direction, too and potentially come across as indifference. So these are the things that I learned about closing a sale from Hades, God of the Underworld. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, this was like a really enjoyable, easy read. Definitely on the spicier side, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but you know, this is a reminder for me and I think to us all that like light books don't have to be light on meaning. And, you know, this is a book that I think for many people would count as like a pleasure read. And I hope that you are allowing yourself time to read things like that and not just 
serious books, you know, heavy works of literary fiction or nonfiction books or business books. Um, I think that there is room for all kinds of books on our bookshelf and that no matter what you read, you can find value and meaning from it. So if this episode has you interested in getting your hands on a copy of A Touch of Darkness, check out the show notes for my affiliate links for Amazon and bookshop.org. Any purchases that are made through those links benefit the show. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Better With Books podcast. If you like what you heard, please share with friends, fellow entrepreneurs, anyone who loves to read and share books. You could leave a review on your preferred streaming platform so that this podcast can be found by other people who love books as much as we do. You can also support the show by purchasing the titles I discuss using my affiliate links, which you can find in the show notes. The books I discuss on the Better With Books podcast are not sponsored by any third parties. I just pick them because I like them. All opinions are my own. Join me again next Friday to nerd out about another book and email me at kate at betterwithbookspodcast.com to let me know what you think about today's episode and anything else you might like me to talk about in the future. Until next time.